Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gypsy Poet Radio. I'm the Gypsy Poet. And this evening, we've got an amazing guest who I like to call the Master of Mastery. He is not only a recording artist, but he also enjoys doing work in the recording studio, and he does a lot of magic for people who not only enjoy music themselves, but also put out music for the world to hear. Please welcome the one, the only, and the absolutely fascinating Jukebox. (laughs) Hello, Jukebox. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Sophia. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing great. And so we are back for another episode with more questions and yes. some fascinating here, Yes, indeed. Here we find ourselves again. Yes, yes, we do. So let's get down to business here. We are talking so much about music, which is one of my favorite topics. So trust me, I can go from music to history to literature, you name it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, I'll take music for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, same here. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about something a little different this time. We're going to talk about traveling. Okay. Um, you have traveled the world, and you've been to some beautiful and fascinating and just exotic places in this world. Uh, what places were the most amazing that you just had to had to have that feeling to stay? Well, I guess. I would have to say, hands down, it's Amsterdam. Um, I, I lived in Amsterdam for 18 years. I had most of my music-based uh, companies there for uh, just about as long. Amsterdam, for me, is home. Uh, I wasn't born there, but I definitely have an affinity for the wonderful jam-packed culture fest available and the actual amount of, of it in one place. Um, having said that, I'm also quite partial to Prague. Um, I had a Czech girlfriend who lived in Prague, and I would visit there a lot. I wrote an album over a two-year period. I called it Praha Ha. Praha mm-hmm. is actually the Czech name for Prague in the Czech language. So, uh, you know, I love to play on words. But Prague is like the jewel of Europe. It's absolutely stunning, very old and original. Spared by heavy artillery in the Second World War and an amazing romantic village. Um, I would say everybody should go to Prague once in their life, but Amsterdam still beats it for me. That's uh, 100% for sure. Um, what did you enjoy about your travels? Hmm. Um, I've I've enjoyed so much, but I'd have to say it was always the people I would meet, even people that I couldn't verbally communicate with. Like, we've always found ways to understand each other, especially if you carried your pointed handbook. I don't know if you know what a pointed handbook is, but it's basically a small booklet that will fit in an inside coat pocket, and it's got just about everything you could ever think of in picture form so that if you're in a foreign country, you can just – open the right page and point at it, literally. Uh, I like that answer. Um, 
What do you like best about playing with musicians from elsewhere, from all around the world? Well, it's a funny thing about playing with musicians from other places in the world. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I really like the diversity of talent and the modal and scale training people have taught or have taught themselves. It astounds me how pervasive the issue is throughout the world, and only when someone's exposed to something different, except for, of course, somebody that's a conservatory-trained musician. It happens all over the world, and most people are unaware of the possibilities in music theory knowledge, which right now isn't as necessary so much as it used to be back in Mozart's time. So I would definitely say it's 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 the people, and it's um, it's the different modes and scales that people use throughout the world, which is what they have that they're accustomed to. Understood. Yes, absolutely. Um, what instruments can you play? Well, <clears throat> uh. I'm going to stick with the guitar as my main instrument. But mm -hmm. that's not to say that that was my first or my only instrument along my journey. When I was a kid, I was forced to take conservatory piano lessons for over four years. Um, now, I know that might be a little insulting to you because you are a conservatory piano teacher. But mm -hmm. it actually mostly turned me off and... But I did get the rudiments that helped me with my entire career as far as music theory, uh, how yeah. to read music and whatnot. When I got into middle school, I picked up the bassoon to play. You know, everybody was going for this or that, the violin. And I, I picked bassoon because, well, specifically, I wanted to work on the bass clef. And I also, I thought the double reed, which only, there's only two instruments that have a double reed. I thought the embouchure of a double reed instrument was a very interesting thing. Most people couldn't get a sound out of it, but I was able to. Um, eventually, I kind of got sick of the bassoon itself because the parts that you would play in any of the pieces in, in uh, uh, or, uh, any of the pieces that would be played in school was very limited. So I ended up going with the uh, concert flute. And I played the flute for about five years until, you know, I... It was hard for me as a singer. I'm, most, I'm a singer first. To find somebody that played guitar or played piano, that played the songs that I wanted to play, especially once they played the flute. And when you play the flute and sing, most people think the only thing you want to play or the only thing you know how to play is Jethro Tull, which, by the way, I did play a lot of Jethro Tull. But uh, when I turned 18, I bought myself my first guitar, I, and I taught myself to play. I figured it was more like a cheater piano. Uh, of course, a piano is a stringed instrument and all. Eventually, I dropped the flute, and I just played guitar to accompany my voice. And that was all I was ever looking for, someone who could play the songs and, that I sang and played flute on. But as I said, after I started playing guitar, after a couple of years, I, I dropped playing the flute. And that would be about all the instruments. But I consider myself a guitar player, and that's the only instrument that I play. If you if you sat me down in front of a piano, or if you gave me a, a proper B-flat uh, flute or a bassoon, I would look at it like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Understood. And 
My last question in this half of the interview is how do you find time to play music while traveling? This is an interesting question. Well, that is a great question. Um, there's always time to play when you make the time and build it into your schedule. Uh, as a yeah. traveling musician, it doesn't matter where you are. You, you always have to make the time to play or the show itself might seem rusty, and I would never want to get up on a stage and have the show seem rusty. What I personally used to do is I would hang out, you know, from town to town. I'd hang out on the trains eating cars, and I'd grab a booth. Uh, eventually, I, I got to know all the, well, a lot of the people because the time that I would travel, I'd get myself a booth in the eating car, and I would order myself a breakfast or and, and get, you know, coffees and have coffees to keep coming. And I would always tip well to whoever was the server. Uh, and most Europeans don't tip. So, you know, I was allowed, I was given a little bit of leeway. So I would pull out my guitar and I'd be sitting at my table or my booth. And I'd be practicing, you know, not, I don't have to practice loud. Um I'd be practicing, and then if there was a, a another patron, somebody on the train that came in and they wanted to hear a song, of course, how could I say no? So I would belt that song out because it would give me the ability to, you know, just check out what voices I have for that moment. Um, but I also can also, <clears throat> excuse me, but I can also rehearse without a guitar in my hand. I've been playing guitar for so many years now that, it's really just an exercise. I can I, I can do it without the physical guitar in my hand. Um, and the thing about sitting on the eating car is that it it doesn't matter if you're quiet or you're loud. Nobody ever minds hearing good live music. And I found that people are very accepting of of a song that's well played. And I've always strived to do that, even when I'm rehearsing or I'm just practicing. Because I, I need to make sure that when I do it in the show, it sounds like the real thing. Oh, awesome answer. Um, <clears throat> question uh, number six, do you yourself sing? Do I sing? Yes. Um, absolutely. I mean, I'm I, what I was first when I was seven, I was a singer. Um, or at least I believed I was a singer. I'm heavily into vocal arrangements and harmonies, and I do a lot of times in the recording studio when I would be producing or engineering or just managing and hanging around, and if we needed a part done, rather than sing the part over the talkback mic from the control room, I would just get into the box myself and sing the part, and it would either be left or at least the person that was supposed to sing the part would have a reference that they could put into their ear and have them sing the part once they learned it. So, yes, I'm definitely a singer, and i that's what I claim to be first as a singer, and I play guitar to accompany my own voice for singing. Okay, great answer. I want to let you know that I have one of your songs here called It's a Circle, and I want to play it for the audience, so I'm going to take a, a little bit of time so, um, <clears throat> so everyone can uh, have some example of what what you do and how you do it. So I'm going to play this one first. Is there a story behind It's a Circle before, before I play it? Uh, um, there actually, there's a bit of a story. <clears throat> I wrote the song in Amsterdam, 
And, you know, I do call myself a wordsmith. So this song itself, um, you know, I looked at the Buddhist type of it's a circle where everything is, everything comes back like karma, right? For example, everything comes back to you. So in this song, it's a circle for every line. The next line is the same words, but in reverse which has a completely oh. different meaning. So in actuality, every two lines or every line is a song unto itself. So I, I'd like people to listen, give a good close listen to the lyrics. Uh, some of the best lines I ever wrote is in this song right here. And I love this song. Okay, let's go ahead and I hear hope it. everybody enjoys it. Yes, let's go for it. Oh.
very fascinating work. Wow. That that was amazing. Oh, thank you so much. That really was prof- profound lyrics that soar up with the spirit and a sound that takes you away. That's, hey, well, that's why they call me the you know, it's, Yes. And that's Fabulous. why they call me the jukebox. Yes. <laughs> very, very cool. Now, my next question. Um, who do you owe your music lessons to? <laughs> Who do I owe my music lessons to? That's an interesting question. Um, Well, no teachers per se. Um, Mm -hmm. I did mention that I did have, uh, I did take conservatory, but I didn't, you know, those teachers, uh, it was just like cookie cutter type of uh, production. Um, But I've had many, many mentors throughout my career, and I'm still in touch with with some of them 30 and 40 years later. So I would say that I owe my music lessons in life to mentors and other musicians that I've actually performed on the stage with. Amazing. Um, What kind of sound are you looking to create next? Well, um, that's, that's an excellent question. I, uh, mm-hmm. You probably noticed that there's, there's only two guitars and two vocals on that song "It's a Circle" that we played. Yeah. Um, and what I, I I essentially use that sound for everything that I've been writing and and making for over 25 years. I yes. prefer to record my music with only two vocals and guitars because I find it most natural, and it can be more or less performed live anytime, anywhere. And it'll sound just like the original recording, of course, without the second part. Um, I play both parts, both guitars and both vocals on on most of my music. It also, it, it sounds like it's like I'm in the room with you, when yeah. uh, because of the way that I the miking techniques that I've learned, um, so that you know if I was actually sitting in the room, it would be sounding exactly the same. It also, as a songwriter, I do lease a lot of songs out to um, a variety of bands and artists. And it allows the prospects for the producers or the record label to fill in what they want if they lease a song from me because it's only the basic tune and still open to other people's ideas and styles and you know what they hear into it. And if I lease a song, I give them creative license. I, I don't mind if they change the tempo, if they change this, if they change that, it doesn't matter to me because they're paying for the licensing. So I don't think I would change anything as to the recordings, um, the type of sound that I'm looking to create. I've got my sound, which is essentially uh, the trilogy, me, myself, and I. (laughs) I love that. Um, So I'm going to get to your next song, but before I do that, um, I want to ask, what uh, what's the latest technology for creating music? I, I asked a similar question last night, but I wanted to, to rephrase that to see uh, what, what do you know about the latest and freshest technology for uh, musical creation? Well, the latest and freshest technology is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about the older technologies. You know, I'm, I am old school. And the older technologies for creating music, such as analog, is a yeah. dying breed, but it 
but it can never be allowed to completely die out. I mean, the depth, width, and breadth is achieved with an analog tape, preferably a two-inch reel with a 16-track head on the deck. It's second to nothing. And unfortunately, it's 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 way out of people's budgets today where where it's available. It's hard to find it. I just closed down a recording studio in April that was an all analog studio. I had that studio for eight years. It was called Orange Recording Studios here in Toronto. I never advertised once. Um, I was I ran three sessions a day for seven years. Plus, I would be uh, mastering in the middle of the night because that's when my preference is. Um, and I would get work just because of the fact that I was an all analog studio and people would pay, didn't mind paying more because like I said, you get such a sound to it, uh, which is, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the bomb and don't get me wrong. Today's technology is amazing, but I'm old school and I've been fortunate enough to work extensively with analog for most of my career. But as far as the technologies today, the fact that just about anybody can just plug something into, let's say, GarageBand, they can plug in this and plug in that. They got 16 plugins on your input, and it automatically sets everything up on your computer. Um, You know, the technology is getting um, absolutely wonderful. Uh, The only issue that I take is that a lot of people misunderstand what some of the functions are for, for example, an audio engineer that's been through training or a music producer that's worked with a, with a wide variety of genres and, and, and bands and artists. Um, these are all things that are very important in the whole process. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to stick with analog. Uh, I know I might've skirt, skirted the question, but, that's uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Understandable. That's great because um, when I was in college, one of the first things that we learned was how to use analog. Well, analog, like I said, you got the width, depth, and breadth, and uh, and there's so many tricks you can do with analog tape. But it is yes. a dying breed, and even the tapes that I have, it's hard for me to. Well, now that I've sold my studio and all my gear. It's hard for me if I want to go and record something. I have to go to certain special studios that have two-inch reels. I have to bring my own 16-track head because that's the way I prefer it because the it makes the the width of the each track <clears throat> excuse me um, much wider, and therefore you get more oomph. So, um, like I said, I I don't think it answered the question the way you wanted it, but hey, I gotta be me. Analog's the way to go, baby. Yes, I understand. I understand. Totally understand. I I totally agree with you. Um, and you bring me to my last question was: Is there is a is there a science to sound engineering? This I know because <laughs> I like I said I studied this before. Yes, this is something that I I, I well, closely study. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm, um, and the the quick answer is yes, but there's actually several sciences involved. Um, yes. The question is the whole show is is basically a whole show. You, you'll have to have me back one day, and we can discuss this topic only, 
because mm-hmm. there is the science of sound, there's the science of engineering, there's the science yes. of electronic engineering, there's the science of the gear and equipment and what each individual piece of gear does in the function. I mean, yes. there's so many types of science involved that, like I said, it would be a whole show just to just to sit and yak about this. Uh, but needless to say, there is definitely STEM involved in recording studios and music recording. Um, of course, the the M is for math, and that's the music part. Uh, T is for uh, technology. Uh, e is for engineering, and the S is for science. So I mean, you've got all four of the STEM disciplines in one recording or one recording studio, or in this case, to sound engineering. So yeah. it's uh, it's a topic I I could go on literally, and I have gone on for hours and hours talking about this type of stuff because I find it so fascinating. Oh, it is fascinating. Now to close out the program, uh, we got one man band that I want to play for the end of the show. Oh, one and man so, band! I love that song. Yes. <laughs> so, um, is there is there a short story behind this one before we uh, before we end it? Well, it's uh, it's a play on words. It's because I'm a one man band when I'm doing a solo show, but it's the word. It's actually spelled one man band, and band is two ends. Like, oh no, no, you can't come in here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the the story was is basically uh, was written for a a woman called Vivian, who I affectionately used to call Fifi, and mm-hmm. um, and I was living with Fifi in Amsterdam in a very small place while at the same time I was living with another girl, Hadar in a house in Amsterdam North. Um, and, uh, Fifi had a boyfriend that came into town and I ended up having to move out of the place that we were living so that he could stay there, but which is okay. But I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll find out that I just, uh, Again, my songs are story songs, so I would say let's spin it before we run out of time. Let's go for it. All right. This is a Gypsy Poet signing off saying adieu for now, but I have to say, Jukebox, it's been a blast. I cannot wait to have you on uh, tomorrow evening for your last interview on GPR. Thank you so much for joining me. And those of you listening in, Uh, if you want, yes, please uh, feel free to stream me on iHeartRadio and uh, various other platforms, as well as this one, which is beat, uh, which is blogtalkradio.com slash gypsypoet. Thank you so much for calling in, and I hope that you all enjoy this last song of the evening. Jukebox, much love to you, man. Thank you so much for calling in. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I look forward to tomorrow when we're going to talk about Bandemonium, the organization I'm involved with. And awesome. now we have One Man Band. Yes, we do. This is uh, the Gypsy Poet signing off saying adieu for now with One Man Band. Well, you pissed me off for the very last time and I got a lot of things to say about the way you took the heart and soul gave you and you went ahead and stopped some weeks. Well, I knew we understood the arrangement, baby, and I'm not the inner thing to seek, but it's bringing me down.
One man band as a one man 